eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Tuesday, February 21st. And uh, if you enjoyed a long weekend, fabulous. Get back to work today. A lot of people are taking this whole week off, Mark. So this might be a week where you want to ride the subway, a little bit uh, less crowded. Do you ride the subway anymore or not really? Yeah, I would say I take it at least once a week. Yeah, it's not it's not a fun experience. It's pretty nasty. Well, I don't I don't know. I, it's so efficient though. I'm not disagreeing with you there. It's 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 the best way to get around the city, but let's just say that some subway stations are nicer than others. Yes, that's a very nice way to say it. Anyway, come to New York, please. <laughs> Spend your money so we can pay for our subways. This is the program that takes the mystery out of your financial life. And the way that we do that is you ask us a financial question. Go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, and let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. You never know who's listening, Mark. Last night when I was at this uh, benefit, someone came up to me and said, are you Jill Schlesinger? I said, yes. And she says, um, Jill on Money? I said, yes. She goes, I love your podcast. And I said, wow, thanks so much. And she goes, I'm in the enforcement division of the FDIC. She says, you're like the real deal. Thank you. She's like, you and your sidekick there. So she called you your sidekick. I'm in my sidecar. You know, speaking of the subway, so this is this will like complete my life when if this ever happens. Anytime I'm on the subway, I never sit. I never sit. I always stand. I kind of like lean against the doors. And, you know, you inevitably see people looking at their phones and people are always looking at podcasts. So I'm always glancing at people's phones. And one of these days, I'm just waiting to see someone listening to Jill on Money. Yes, I hope so. Well, um, subway riders, make yourselves known. And remember I told you that there was one time when I was coming, I guess I was coming back from downtown when I was on uh, a CNET podcast. Somebody sent a note to Jeff Bacalar, who was the host of that podcast and said, hey, is it possible I just saw Jill Schlesinger on the N train? <laughs> 
Jeff's like, yes, I believe she had to get back to the Upper West Side. I think she did. Anyway, if you've got a financial question, we'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like, we have a new special subscription service that is starting. It is so exciting. It's called Jill on Money Live. We are going to have quarterly live webinars. Mark and I are just talking about which cameras to buy because we need some new cameras. They're not going to be doing this. The Mac camera. Ah, I was a little blurry last time. Is that right, Mark? Did it show up blurry? I don't think that was the camera. I think that was just a connection issue. But I have a hard connection. Like I actually have a, like, I'm not even on Wi-Fi. It's so weird. Maybe your area was uh, taking a hit that night. I don't know. Mm, That's a drag. Anyway, join us for Jill on Money Live, where we will be with brand new cameras and look fabulous. And you see Mark's beautiful head of hair. And we're going to dive into deeper topics. The first one is on March 30th. And our special guest, Ed Slot. I'm so excited. It's going to be like a Rothapalooza, probably. We should have called it the Rothapalooza with Ed Slot. And that's something he should try to trademark right now. All right, let's do some emails, Mark. Uh, We've got a question. Oh, this is good. Very timely because we just had a news story out as we're recording this about the um, inability for the United States to pay its bills come this summer because the ding dongs in Congress haven't lifted the debt ceiling yet. And so Saul says, if for some reason the U.S. government defaults on its debt, will I lose money in my T-bills? Is there a way for me to be protected? I think, Saul, the big question is not so much whether you're going to lose money on those T-bills, because if you hold them to maturity, you're going to get your money back. They're not going to default on every single outstanding debt. I think the bigger question is really going to be, what will the damage be in the markets as we rapidly approach that deadline? So I don't think we're going to go into a full-fledged default. That would be somewhat catastrophic for the economy. But as we get closer, I do think that there is a high likelihood that the volatility in markets is going to increase. I don't think that they're going to, to probably let it go to that. But you know what? There are some wing nuts in that Congress. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I wouldn't be worried that you're going to lose your money. All right, Amy, in the subject is how to do it myself. Hi, Jill and Mark. Thanks for the amazing podcast. You are welcome, Amy. When my ex and I separated a couple of years ago, I bought out his half of my house. Okay. I love where I live, but shouldering that whole mortgage and fixing it up is turning out to be a stretch. Hmm. I have a few five to $10,000 projects and, oh my gosh, a $150,000 remodel that would improve the quality of life. Can you help me think through how to balance house expenses versus other spending versus retirement savings? Okay, more context. Amy is 39, kids five and seven. I do not expect to retire early. I intend to live into my hundreds. (laughs) That's quite an intention. Let's put our intentions out there, Amy. I really hope I don't live into my hundreds, Mark. You know, 88, I think, is the right age for me. 88's good. It's very Chinese, the eights, right? You're all about the number eight. I totally am. Um, Okay. Amy makes $180,000 a year. She spends $10,000 a month. She maxes out the 401k. So this is good numbers, right? Oh, here's the deal. House is worth $850,000. The mortgage is $500,000. It is a three and an eighth, 3.125%. Okay. I have $13,000 in checking, 50,000 high yield savings emergency fund, retirement 250 traditional, 100 in Roth. Great. 
Oh, she, wait. Oh, I was so excited. She said she has a pension from an old job and I read it incorrectly. She said, I have a pension from an old job, $8,000 a year. And I thought it was $8,000 a month. <laughs> Darn it. Okay. She gets eight grand a year when she's 65. Kids, 529 is 40 grand. Who knows? Maybe I'll find someone special to share my mortgage again. Interested in your take. I don't understand where the 150 grand for the remodel is coming from. Do you, Mark? I mean, is she asking, first of all, you're not going to refi. You have a three and an eighth mortgage. Could you not do this remodel? Can you live with what you have and just do a few of the five to $10,000 projects? I don't I don't see a hundred fifty thousand dollar remodel in her future. What do you think, Mark? Unless that money is sitting somewhere and she didn't mention it. I, yeah, I don't know where she's coming up with with the cash. I mean, here's another thing. If you love your house, okay, if you and I don't know about improving the quality of life. There's three of you in this house. They're five and seven. How, I mean, how much quality of life do they care about? Maybe they share a room. Maybe there's only one bathroom. I don't know. I need more information. Here's what I think from what you've written. I do not think that you should remodel this house and spend 150 grand. I don't think you should blow through your emergency reserve. I guess there's a possibility. I don't know. Maybe not. I was going to say to sell. But then if you sell, you have that nice low mortgage rate. Maybe she's thinking of doing a line of credit. Maybe, but a line of credit is expensive right now. You know, I, I don't know. Amy, can you give us a holler back? If you want to stay in the house, you do a few of the projects to fix it up. You save along the way after you have um, put your money into your retirement account and spend your 10 grand a month. There's not much left over, you know, 180. She makes 180. She puts money into the 401k. She spends 10 grand a month. She pays taxes. I bet there's not that much more left over. I need more information. I want to know who's shouldering the burden on the kids is there any sort of uh, sharing of expenses with the ex? I feel like we need more creativity here. So Amy, give us a holler back. Okay. Okay. Hi, Jill and Mark. With a large number of online banking institutions now providing high yield savings accounts that are earning as much as 5% interest, could you please discuss in detail exactly where to verify the legitimacy of these banks and a checklist of what to look out for in order to make the best decision possible. Mm. Very specific. Uh, I'd like to park my money short term in a jumbo savings account, not CDs. Um, and I want to use different banks for FDIC protection as I plan to buy a house later this year. And I want to maintain liquidity. I've asked my financial advisor about this and he told me to check on bankrate.com for the information. His suggestion didn't sit right with me. <laughs> Here's what I think. Number one, if you don't want to do savings, if you don't want to, like you're really freaked out, why don't you do T-bills? I don't know how much she has, but if, it sounds like a lot of money, right? Yeah, because she's worried about FDIC. Yeah, right. If you need, if you're worried about FDIC protection, which is, what is it, 250 per account, right? Is that is that still the, the amount? Okay, so it's 250 per account. So if you're talking about 250, 500, or seven, just buy T-bills through your bank, and you'll be able to do it. Let's see what is a T-bill yielding these days, this minute. T-bills. Freaking 5%. 5%. Come on. Unbelievable. I would just pop it into T-bills and not worry about it. What do you think, Mark? I'll take that, right? I'd take 4%. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there. They just like chase every single percentage point they could possibly get their hands on. That That's just not how I'm wired. I, I don't, I can't go crazy with this stuff. And the other thing is even, okay, so if you go to 
bank rate or depositaccounts.com, your advisor's right in one respect, which is as long as they offer FDIC protection, it kind of doesn't matter about the bank, does it? As long as you can buy a product or open an account and there is FDIC associated with it, then you should be fine. But if you're really nervous, buy a T-bill. I remember um, during the financial crisis, there was like this surge on T-bills because people really thought financial institutions were going broke. It sounds like you've got a lot of money here. So that's what I would try. Okay. This is from Allie who says, Dear Jill and Mark, what do I do? I'm going to move to France this fall. Is this our girl who called us about moving to France in the fall? There's a different one. We really do attract the Emilys, don't we? I'm going to move to France this fall, possibly to settle there for the rest of my life, but I'm not sure yet. My question, what should I do with my house in Florida? Oh, this is interesting. I own a free and clear. It's worth about two hundred eighty to $300,000. My property taxes are $1,400 per year. Homeowners insurance, $1,000. What is Windstorm? Oh, it must be uh, other insurance, uh, $2,800. The ladder, a thorn in my side. Oh, this is all... Uh, This is just like another kind of property and casualty insurance. Okay, so she's 66. She's got a daughter who will be married in May. She's been divorced for a long time. My daughter would love for me to have a home for her to visit when she travels to Europe. Oh, how nice for your daughter. (laughs) However, I'm not sure if we both might feel differently about my living so far away if they ever have children. That's what airplanes are for. I'm unsure whether I should rent it out again, meaning her home, or just sell it. If I ever decided to return to the United States, I don't see myself coming back here unless it is for the lower cost of living. Zillow says I can get $1,800 a month for rent. She's got an annual pension of $25,000. She's withdrawing $24,000 from her Vanguard accounts, which total $1.2 million, $225,000 in a Roth, $60,000 in a brokerage. The rest is in pre-tax IRA, 60 stocks, 40 bonds. She says, I'll be taking Social Security in the fall when I turn 67, another $34,000 a year. She's got 15 grand in emergency reserves. Okay, let's see. I had more until I forked over, quote, my share of the wedding expenses. You know how I feel about that, Mark. Not good. Um, Working on bringing up my emergency savings to a more comfortable 25 grand before the end of the year. My rent in France will be around 26 euros monthly. $2,800, and she'll have to pay utilities. I can get the rent down to 2,000 euros. So let's just see that, let's say 20. So let's say that she ends up needing four grand a month, okay, in general, right? Because it's rent and then she's got to live there. Her health insurance will be working there. That's great. Uh, Okay, she's anxious about selling the house, even though I have no attachment to the area or the house. I feel like I need to keep my foot in the real estate market in the U.S., I also have a nagging psychological reason, like selling the house is severing my relationship with my country. Oh, Allie, 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 a true Floridian. Um, hmm. I'd sell the house, I got to tell you, right? I, I just would, uh, first of all, it's expensive to keep the house up. It's a pain in the neck. And it's certainly, if you don't want to be, you're not going to be able to like manage it from France. So you're going to have to hire someone to keep an eye on it. That's going to cost money. It's going to eat into your rent. If you really don't care about that area, so what? You, like, you're not going to be severing your relationship with your country. We love you. You're going to actually have to pay taxes. So um, you'll always be a proud American just for, for that. And if you made a mistake and you want to come back, 
So what? Come back and rent and you'll see where the where the chips fall. I, I don't think that holding this house makes a ton of sense just because you don't even want to be here. It's like an asset sitting there doing nothing. You know, you're never going to lose the ability to buy. You can always buy a house. OK, but I'm not even sure you need to. Maybe you've got a little wanderlust. Um, you know, you want to like go out there and do stuff. I think that'd be cool. Just do that. If she decides to keep it and rent it after you factor in, you know, the taxes and the insurance, she would be making about about sixteen thousand a year in income. I mean, that's good. It's just you have to have someone to take care of it. That's the thing. I wonder where the daughter lives. That's decent. That would that would reduce the amount that she has to take out of Vanguard. It's kind of up to you. It's almost like the emotional aspect of it is also important. Not just like having a house, but not so much even the. Um, am I an American? But if you feel like that gives you a little bit more security going abroad, knowing you could always come back to a place, even if it were for an interim period, then that's fine. But, you know, cash is also very can provide a lot of security. So it depends kind of how emotionally you need to be assured that you have a place to always come back to versus the pain in the neck factor of renting, which is totally a pain in the neck. I get it. It's worth having a conversation with your daughter, if she, especially if she lives nearby. Wouldn't it be great if the daughter could live there? But I think you're not going to go wrong either way. Just play it out in your head. What do you feel like would be more comfortable? Maybe you should just rent it for a year, see how it goes. You could always sell it in a year. And it's one year of annoyance of renting and see how it goes. And that'll give you a little bit of a runway. I think that's it. I think do it for a year. Rent it for one more year and then see. Then, then we can make a better choice going forward. Okay. Hey, that's it. That's the program. Amazing. If you want to find out how you can go live abroad, all you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. And of course, let us know if you'd be willing to join us on the air. While you're on the website, you can buy my book, The Great Money Reset. Look at all these people who are changing their lives. And you can read about how you may be able to execute a plan like that without blowing up your entire financial life. So that's a good thing to do. Buy the book, The Great Money Reset. Subscribe to our new service, Jill on Money Live. And you can get our free weekly newsletter, which Mark puts out every single Friday. Okay, <sighs> that's very good. Lift someone up today. It will make that person feel good. It will make you feel good. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better, They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.